This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pirates opened this 2020 season 4-17. and 17. Still blows the mind, doesn't it? Regardless of what your expectations were, regardless of the dozen-plus injuries, it still blows the mind that you could lose 17 out of 21 games to open any season. But, but, since then, they're 10-9. and Did you know that? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network which you can bring into your mobile devices via any number of platforms. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, Anchor. We're on all of them. Set us to auto-downloads. Makes a pretty big difference for this little business. The Pirates had a second consecutive walk-off win last night at PNC Park, beating the White Sox this time 5-4 to four on, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a cheesy ending. Kevin Newman with a dribbler back to the mound. Chicago's battery messed up what should have been a force at home. Pinch runner Jason Martin got in there safely. Pirates win, Pirates win, Pirates win. But Pirates win. They've won 10 out of 19. And they've done this despite the hitting, and the key hitters in particular still not really doing much. They've done this despite starting pitching that still can't really get past the fourth inning on any given night. Have you noticed that? Like, I know there's usually a reason for it. It's not always, you know, just that the guy stunk or whatever, but he's coming off an injury, pitch count, whatever. But the bullpen has come in and been the team's greatest strength, I think, over these last 19 games. Eric Gonzalez had another terrific game for the Pirates. His his numbers and his line score won't do justice to the smart base running, the heads-up defensive play in addition to the athletic defensive plays. He's known for doing a lot of good things. And yet... And if this felt like there was an and yet coming, here it is. The new pushback on this from those who just can't help themselves but finding a way to be negative about the Pirates, even when they're doing relatively well, at least compared to 4-17, and 17, is they're messing up their draft position. They're blowing it. These are the, the same people that were suggesting that they were tanking in the first place, which is always, always, I I shouldn't say always, okay, in 1984, it was a legitimate accusation against the Penguins. They were definitely tanking. 
There was never a reason for the pirates to tank. There still isn't. For anybody who doesn't know, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has been given, for some bizarre reason, complete authority over how baseball's draft order will be determined before next year. I mean complete authority. This was done during the coronavirus labor pact when I guess they just couldn't get around to coming up with the details on it and they were like, just whatever, Rob, you figure it out. He could call for a lottery. He could just say, I don't know, I'm giving it to the Dodgers because I'm giving the Dodgers everything else in this system. Maybe the Yankees deserve a number one overall pick. He could do anything. So this would be the worst possible year to tank. However, there are still people who bring this up because it's things that they hear, whether it's just water cooler stuff or that they hear on talk radio or that they hear people who don't actually follow the Pirates or baseball but still feel compelled to talk about them. The Pirates have very little to gain by finishing dead last. And they have a lot to gain, I think, by finishing strongly. This isn't it yet. Ten and nine isn't something that's great, okay? And I'm not trying to make it out to be that. There's still three weeks of baseball left. And there are still, as I mentioned, a lot of players, including potentially significant players, on this current roster, in this current lineup, who are going out there every day, who can make a difference to their own season and how they carry themselves into the offseason next spring training and how management might view them. That matters not only to the individuals, but also to Ben Charrington because it improves his ability as a GM to try to strengthen the team in the offseason or strengthen the system in the offseason, depending on the direction that he goes. If he wants to move guys out for prospects to rebuild the minor league system, if he wants to move them out for younger players who might be able to come in right away, although that's always kind of dicey, think Garrett Coltrade. Either way, he's put into a better position. The players are put into a better position. The team overall, including the 2021 Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, are put into a better position. That matters a whole lot more than whether they pick one, two, three, or even four in a Major League Baseball draft. A lot of these people who are talking about the Pirates without knowing about the Pirates or without knowing about baseball who are suggesting that it's some big deal that they get this are thinking about college football, the NFL draft. When you know here comes Mr. Superstar Stud quarterback out of Georgia or Alabama or Louisiana State or whatever, you know? And yes, I just said Louisiana State instead of LSU. Whatever. I don't follow colleges that intensely, you can tell. But the point is, is there's some kind of big star that comes out and everybody knows who it is. The Bengals were going to get Joe Burrow. Yay! And it is a really big deal in the NFL. 
so is the two pick, so is the three pick, so is the four. But the one, yeah, there's something special. In particular, if your team happens to need a franchise quarterback, which is generally how those picks go. In baseball, unless there's some super spectacular mega solar star on the horizon, you're not doing anything at all to angle for that pick. Uh, the Pirates, heaven knows, in the past dozen years, have been in that position. And I've communicated at times, whether it was with the general manager, whether it was scouts, people under the GM in the front office, who were looking at these players, and they were just banging their foreheads on the wall, even when it looked to the outside world like it was plain as day. Remember the Pedro Alvarez draft? That was, that was, I'm going to throw this one at you just as an example. Pedro Alvarez, obviously tremendous natural power. Never mind what you know now. Just think back to what you knew then. This is when he was at Vanderbilt. Uh, people were comparing him and his style and his swing and everything to Willie Stargell. Everything about him looked effortless. Absolute can't-miss pick. And the reason I bring that up, again, isn't because of what ended up coming of him in Pittsburgh. But because at the time, inside the Pirates' offices, and I was talking to a lot of people back then, I was on the beat on a daily basis. And their angst was over Buster Posey who ended up becoming, of course, this tremendous pick of the San Francisco Giants. Wonderful catcher, great talent, eventually a World Series champion with the Giants. And it was a weird draft because the Tampa Bay Rays had already signaled that they weren't going to be spending what it would take to get Pedro so they actually had the first pick. The Pirates had the second pick. But because of this, because the Pirates were determined to spend whatever it took to sign Pedro, they had the de facto first pick. But they were going nuts over Buster Posey. Drove them crazy. Posey, of course, ends up lasting until fourth. And San Francisco, of course, ends up getting him and winning out. You could do this in almost every draft in baseball year after year after year. Very rarely is there a Stephen Strasburg who comes along where you just go, whoa, gotta have this one. Mike Trout lasted until 24th overall. People consider him to be the best player of this generation. Albert Pujols lasted until the fifth round. Baseball is not like any other sport in this regard. Get the number one pick, the number one overall pick, out of your head when it comes to the Pirates. They have much more to gain. As a major league team, as an organization, meaning system-wide, and really just as a feel-good thing by having a successful final three weeks. And I, I'm not even expecting that they will. They're still missing so many players, and they still, as I mentioned, aren't performing particularly well in some very critical areas. But if they do, don't, don't, 
Don't sit there and cringe over it. It's okay. It's okay if the Pirates win. You don't have to suffer through the winning, too. When we come back, some football. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. The only thing I hate more than prediction pieces are people who comment on prediction pieces as if they matter. So guess what I'm going to do in this segment? This portion of Daily Shot is always brought to you by our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. When things are normal in our society, one in seven people in our region needs food. One in five children needs food. So imagine what it is during a pandemic. If you are in need of food assistance or if you would just like to support the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org and spell out those first three words when you type it into your browser. pittsburghfoodbank.org One dollar can provide enough food for up to five meals. And they're actually really good at giving you the math after your donation. They tell you how much you've helped. We've done that. I, I can't recommend it strongly enough. ESPN, and you probably predicted that's where I was headed with this prediction piece, broke down the Steelers for the coming season using what they describe as a power index. I've been in journalism long enough to know that power index means nothing. It's, it sounds great. It has the word power in it. Power index. Like, how could you doubt something that says power? And then it has the scientific term index attached to it. So you put them together and it's a power index. Sounds great, right? Doesn't mean a thing. It means it's just a bunch of people who worked up some kind of formula that's not necessarily tied to anything magical. But again, they put it in capital letters so it sounds and looks official. The Steelers are ranked number 12 in ESPN's football power index. Feels like there should be trumpets blaring for that. Number 12 in the 32-team league. They are predicted to have 8.8 wins. And again, also making it sound official. Of course, you can't have 8.8 wins, even if you tie in Cleveland, because that's .5. But they want to make it sound like 
something really went into this power index. So you get 0.8. The Steelers are expected by this power index to have 8.8 wins. So that, all right. That doesn't sound all that high considering the talent at hand on this roster and the pedigree of some of the people involved, and not to mention that you know they're still not playing in the world's greatest division, and they have, according to one very real metric, the second easiest schedule in the entire NFL. Only the Ravens have an easier one. So what could possibly have gotten into this power index to serve up these 8.8 wins and to have the Steelers at 12. So I opened it up and I took a look here. The first big variable, or as they refer to it here, the big question, how durable is Ben Roethlisberger? This is the big question. And this comes despite everyone involved, including ESPN, knowing damned well what exactly was wrong with Ben Roethlisberger and how he's healed since then, and what he's shown during training camp. They know, underscore, know, that the elbow is fine. The elbow is arguably better than fine. His arm strength is actually greater than it was the last time we saw him. His comfort level, we've seen it, we've heard it, we're going to hear it again this morning when Ben speaking with us at 9.30 a.m. from the south side. He's feeling great. He's showing it. It's visible. It's audible. It's everything. But that's their big question. That's their big variable. Why? Because the common citizen has no idea. The common football fan around the country wouldn't know. So that sounds perfectly plausible, right? So let's just go with that. Next, they break down different rankings. Overall ranking, of course, as I mentioned already, is number 12. Defensive ranking, number three. All right, I'll go along with that. The Steelers did lead the NFL in takeaways last year. They don't have Javon Hargrave anymore, but they are getting Stefan Tuitt back. That's actually a trade that I'd make. But again, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that there are a couple other defenses out there that could be better or that will be better. Again, it is a forecast, so benefit of the doubt. Offensive ranking, 21 out of 32. A lot of these prediction pieces in general, and one of the many reasons that I hate them, are really very little more than just looking at the previous season and saying, hmm, well... They were 31 or 32 in almost every offensive category last year, so 21 is a pretty big jump, wouldn't you say? No, actually, I wouldn't say. Because when you take a quarterback out of an offense, you pulled the plug on the whole process. You just have. Remember when Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning would go down and the Colts would go from Super Bowl contender to 1-15? Do you remember that? Just like that, the whole thing would fall apart. The only reason that it didn't for the 2019 Steelers is because of that allegedly number three ranked defense, which actually, in my opinion, was the best defense in the National Football League, not just because of the takeaways, but because of the versatility, because of the speed, the dynamism, the chemistry that they showed. 
because of having two of the NFL's three top-ranked, according to Pro Football Focus, defensive performers individually in T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, and not even mentioning in that group that they had the first-team All-Pro safety in Minka Fitzpatrick. But I digress. The Steelers are seen as having an 18.3% chance of winning the AFC North title, according to the Power Index. 18.3%. It's a two-team race. It's between the Ravens and the Steelers. Anybody who thinks the Browns are going to get remotely involved in this is out of their minds. Even by usual Cleveland standards, you've got to look at what's going on there and say, no way. And the Bengals are going to be one of the worst teams in the league, again, with no offensive line in front of a baby quarterback. But the Steelers are given only an 18.3% chance to win the division. Chance to make the playoffs, 57.5%. Right. With an extra couple of wildcard teams. Power index. You know what? I could go on with this thing. I really could. There, there's a lot there. But here's another factor that goes into this, and this is not on ESPN. Odds in Vegas are set by not odds makers, not by Vegas, and not by the house. They are set by the bettors, the people who do the betting. And the Steelers are seen as 25 to 1 when it comes to Super Bowl odds. And that's pretty much the gamblers telling you that they're placing a lot of weight still on 2019. And that, like whoever put together the ESPN Power Index, they just really aren't paying attention. Power Index. What I need is like the monster truck show echoes. When we come back, some hockey. In the Stanley Cup playoffs last night in Edmonton, the Vegas Golden Knights evened up the Western Conference final at a game apiece by blanking the Dallas Stars, 3-0. An impressive bounce back by the Golden Knights, but hardly unexpected given that, man, have they been underscoring relative to the billions and billions of shots they've been taking on opposing goaltenders. They were due for a couple of them to go in. And once Paul Stastny scored early on a really pretty redirect uh, the Golden Knights were back in business. So that series could end up being some fun. I'm not so sure about the uh, <laughs> the East, since the only game there was an 8-2 to blowout for the Lightning Bolts over the Islanders. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They help people who've been hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers' comp, 
medical malpractice claims. I've met Larry Kelly. The man wanted me to relay to you that LGKG, as the firm is known, pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been doing that, keeping promises, for more than 80 years now. 80. That's an 8-0. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can also check them out online at lgkg.com or by calling them on the phone, 888-842-5454. I'm going to read it to you again. It's 888-842-5454. Dave Molinari, the Hall of Fame hockey writer for DK Pittsburgh Sports, touched base with Jim Rutherford yesterday to get his sense on a few things. Among them, the potential trade market. For one of his two goalies, Rutherford still won't say which goalie he's offering. I would think it, not I would think, I know it's going to be Matt Murray. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think otherwise. But Rutherford is playing it the way he is because he wants to see what's available, what's offered to him, and how it works. Rutherford told Molinari in a bit of news, that he fully expects the compensation to be in the form of futures, is the term that that Jim used. That means draft picks. That means things that won't add to the salary cap. As the article on the site breaks down, the Penguins really have about $7 million to spend on a handful of other restricted free agents who they will keep. And there isn't that much to go around. Um, He's still going to end up having to move cap money or cap hits, cap space of some kind along the way. This won't stop anybody from having expectations that are way too high for what Murray should bring. But it has to be at least somewhat encouraging that just a few days ago, the Blues traded a very bad, I think, backup goaltender in Jake Allen to the Montreal Canadiens for a third-round pick and an exchange of sevenths, but forget that. Uh, Jake Allen for a third-round pick strikes me as just crazy. Like, first of all, there's no pick I'd give up for Jake Allen, as you can tell. Um, Secondly, I understand that Montreal doesn't want Carey Price logging 75 starts a season, but there are way healthier and way more affordable ways to get a backup goaltender than what Mark Bergevin did there. Weird, weird move. However, however, it's out there. So if Rutherford talks to another GM and that GM happens to be, you know, not all that swift, well, listen, I mean, St. Louis just got a third rounder for Jake Allen. I mean, my guy's young. He's won two Stanley Cups. Great guy, great work ethic. You'll love him. 
he's not Jake Allen. How about if I at least get a second rounder, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> seemed kind of fair. And then from there, he has to start looking at what the market is and who the market is comprised of, uh, both from the team standpoint and from the other targeted players standpoint. The other targeted players, most unfortunately for Jim, are going to be guys who are unrestricted free agents. So if you have cap room and you have the money coming off a pandemic, are you going to talk to Braden Holtby about signing out of unrestricted free agency and not give up a draft pick or two and not give up anything in a trade, but just say, hey, Braden, how much money you need? All right, cool. Let's get this done. That's a whole lot simpler. There are other unrestricted free agents out there, or there will be, I should say, based on certain scenarios. Guys with big names, Henrik Lundqvist is going to be one of them. I don't know that Henrik's going to want to hang around and play for somebody other than the Rangers. I don't know if Henrik's done. I kind of think he is. But if he isn't, he's available. The teams, I think, are going to be a, a, a good situation, the field of teams for Jim. You're looking at both of the Alberta teams. Colorado is another one. Uh, watching the Avalanche here, uh, that's a team that I felt pretty good about picking to win the Stanley Cup, even though I was kind of holding my nose at the fact that Philip Grubauer was going to be their anchor goaltender. It's very, very hard to win the Stanley Cup without a solid, sturdy goaltender. Uh, the last team that did that, to my mind, were the Blackhawks with, with Corey Crawford. I still don't understand how that happened. But if you're Colorado and you put your eyes hard on Matt Murray and you feel like he's, you know, both affordable and the right guy and like Holtby, he's won a cup, although Murray's actually won two of them to Holtby's one. Maybe he's the guy that you single out and you target if you're the Avalanche. Uh, you can't, you can't with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr, and everybody that they have there now, you can't waste it. You can't waste it. You've got to get yourself an impact goaltender. Maybe they'll think Matt Murray is that. And maybe he will be that. I'm not knocking Murray. I, he he has been that once in his life. He can be it again. That means a lot to these GMs. Joe Sackick's a guy, he's, the, of course, the GM in Colorado, who, who's won the Stanley Cup. He understands what it takes, and he knows that it's it's done through goaltending. You know, don't, when Joe won with the Avs, it didn't happen until they brought Patrick Wine. Didn't happen. It's a... It's going to be a neat situation uh, for Jim Rutherford. But again, the sexiness of it, the drama of it is going to be minimal because all you're going to see the Penguins get back is something like a second rounder. If Jim's really, really, really lucky, and I don't even like saying this out loud, he'd get a first rounder, but I don't think that's going to happen. If he gets himself a second rounder for Matt Murray, that's really nice. And the Penguins, 
after having traded away, this first rounder would now go into the draft with at least a couple of higher picks and maybe hope for the best in replenishing their system. I hope you have a chance to check out our other two shows that we do daily on DK Sports Radio. There's a Pirates show and a Steelers show. Pirates show is done by our our two baseball guys, Alex Stump and Noah Hiles. And the football show is done by Chris Carter and Dale Lawley. They're both really, really good programs. Uh, I'm not saying that to be nice. They're, they're very entertaining. They stick hard on those subjects. And yes, someday we will have a Penguin show too. There's no rush on that. Not gonna be hockey season for a while. Thanks so much for listening to this. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.